0: Is dropped and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Forcing the blast. Shanking wires a score. What a stop by Halibach. Kyle Carter.
1: Jets go bang, bang, bang! Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. All right, welcome to episode 148 of the Ground Control Podcast, the official podcast. Of the Winnipeg Jets, just a two-man show today. Myself and six eighty CGOB's Jamie Thomas, Paul Edmonds, grinding away, getting ready for. Uh, as we record this, he, he's grinding away for tonight's game against the Washington Capitals. Uh, Jamie, obviously, the Winnipeg Jets were in Boston last night, weren't mm. able to, to pick up that uh, that victory despite the uh, the strong start. But uh, obviously, you know Josh Morrissey and Mark Scheifele just continue to be spectacular really for the winnipeg jets this season yeah i'll get you to start off with with Morris. he's got an 11 game assist streak going on that's a franchise record he just continues to be finding ways to contribute at both ends of the ice
0: isn't it amazing how much uh one phone call can make a difference in a player's life or in, and you know we go back to the off season when the head coach rick bonus said spoke highly of him and said he felt he should be in the Norris t- uh, trophy conversation for best defense, in the national hockey league. And I'm not, I'm not saying any of the previous regime didn't have belief in Josh Morrissey all the time, that there's another part to his game, another offensive side that we hadn't seen yet, but now just the belief and the change of the system, which allows the defense to activate. I just see Josh Morrissey looking more and more confident if that's even possible map over game here. And, you know, He makes elite moves, always been a great skater, but just seems to have that extra gear right now, whether it's just like that confidence flowing. He has a great, great pairing, Dylan DeMello. He's the number one quarterback on the top power play unit, which is, uh, you know, ranked amongst the 15 in the NHL right now. There's just so many places you can go with how great Josh Morrissey has been. But I just think this all plays into confidence. And it seems like he... Has another gear every night, and it's been a grind in the month of December. We've talked about this, documented how much they've had to play, and I don't know where all this energy is coming from. But he looked great again last night in Boston as we taped this podcast. um Expect him to continue to roll this along, and and it looks like Dustin button's franchise record of fifty-six points by a defenseman is is in peril right now, and um that what what a great moment that will be but uh for the time being this assist streak and point streak is something to watch
1: it really is and you know i might have to get uh rick bonus to give me a call just ahead of the season you know just to see what see what yeah. level i can get to. <laughs> why doesn't he phone us Yeah, we would be better
0: than ever right now. We'll (laughs) we'll
1: call each other in early September and see if that has the same impact. Um, Exactly. Speaking of impact on the team, Mark Shifley, 10th player in the league to reach 20 goals this season, eight straight seasons with 20 goals for Mark Shifley. You know, so much, you know, he's a guy that obviously offensively is going to be able to contribute defensively. He seems to be at another level this, this season as well. Uh, a number of great defensive plays pop into my mind even over the last five games that he's been able to make so he's Mm -hmm. really kind of become that 200 foot center that uh but at the same time he's wants more out of himself what are you seeing from mark shifley especially because he's his line has kind of been changing over the uh, last little while here yeah it's kind of a revolving door and i think where
0: we're trying to look at all of the reasons why the Jets are continuing to roll right now with all the injuries that are stacking up on the wing. And um, you know, certainly miss some blue liners here and there out of the lineup. But I think that it all ties down to one thing. They're they're so strong up the middle. And I don't you can name another any Stanley Cup champion that has won without a strong um middle of the ice portion to the roster. And I'm not saying the Winnipeg Jets are gonna run onto the Stanley Cup right now. But the reason why they're hanging around top spot in the in the uh, central division and, and the top part of the Western Conference are starting to finally be recognized across the National Hockey League is they're playing from the middle. Dubois, Lowry, you know, Kevin stenlin has been great in his short time with the Jets after a recall from the Manitoba Moose. But Mark Scheifele's really been driving the bus, and the fact that he keeps saying he wants to get better and there's just another place to go that speaks to me about a guy that wants to is doesn't isn't just satisfied. And I feel like every game that goes by when he talks to me, he's not satisfied. There's something else he can give and man, uh, you know, great goal last night against Boston and the quick hands and the fact that he's on pace for career highs and goals is is something else. There's always been that goal scoring ability for Mark Shifley. And the fact that his defensive game and his 200 foot game has improved this year, I think is feeding into his offense. And, um, I think the results are all sitting there staring us in the face as this team continues to deal with one injury after another. But
1: Mark Scheifele, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Adam Lowry carry the play and carry this team on their backs. And Mark Scheifele's got a couple of 30-goal seasons, but he's never hit 40. And <laughs> I seem to I, – I feel like – I don't know if I – this was one of those, did I say the quiet part out loud or anything, but I feel like I predicted in the in the preseason that I thought this would be his <laughs> – the the year that he gets there, but obviously a long way to go. But uh, as long mm-hmm. as the Winnipeg Jets are accumulating wins, Mark Scheifele is going to be a happy player. Uh, speaking of you know being happy, the holiday season is a is a happy time for obviously a number of all people. Um, you being the responsible uh, husband and father you are, I assume all of your holiday shopping is complete, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's amazing what you can
1: you can do uh, online from your hotel room. So, and uh, <laughs> I,
0: I'm I'm sure you're aware of this, like. Like, I don't have the slightest clue what everybody, like, my wife controls, runs a show in that department. This person needs this, this person needs this. Mm-hmm. But so I have guidance and support in that department, but uh, it, it's all taken care of. I hope yours is as well, because, you know, like, 23rd, that's, I don't, I, although I don't know about with your dad, like, every Christmas Eve, you're going out shopping for my mom. Like, that was, that was, that was a family tr- or Thomas Boys family <laughs> tradition going with dad to the mall in Calgary to uh get my mom her christmas present from all three of us Um, yeah we're
1: um, we're squared away over here so that's that's good but for the most part for me it's just been it's been uh little trips to the grocery store to pick up like things that you either run out of in the process of making something or things that you forgot Mm -hmm. so that's uh what i've got on the docket this afternoon uh before the jets (laughs) take on the capitals um what do the winnipeg jets want for the holidays in your mind oh
0: gosh so he, <laughs> I think you and I both know where this is headed, like some type of health and some type of break here. Yeah. Um, I, I I just, I marvel every day that where they sit and the fact that the continuous message from Rick Bonus is that there's no excuses. So you have to keep finding a way and they do. And, you know, the back end of this is, I think he must be telling the players once we get out of this, you know, this and you survive this, it just means great things. Uh, down the stretch run like if they can get out of this still hanging around in first place and in, in the central then I mean look out when guys come back when Eilers comes back Appleton Wheeler like that's those are three pretty critical um, returns to your lineup mm-hmm. and um, I mean you get you got the player break coming up at the beginning part of February if they can just get through January which is another monster amongst itself and with all the road games that they have um, you get through that hanging around still there um, I think the, the rest of the league is going to have to watch out because a, day, a healthy team like this, uh, and I'm, I'm knocking on wood because they're, they're not out of this at all yet. But once you start getting those players back, I think that that'll, you know, Evers walks through the dressing room and steps on the ice for morning skate, not wearing a red Jersey. I think that'll be a big moment for the Jets, same with Mason Appleton and I can go down the list, but um, I think health is the only thing they can really be asking for. And just to get them through another tough month on the schedule in January
1: yeah couldn't agree more uh obviously another holiday tradition for a number of people is the world junior hockey championship and chris peters i mean when we have any sort of question about prospects or anything that's the guy you go to he's a senior content creator at flow hockey you talk to him what stood out to you
0: uh like i asked him because we listen i love the world juniors i just i would just like to see them go other places and you know, the United States is a constant thorn in the side of Canada in terms of the international stage, but, you know, th- there'd be nice for some other locations, uh, the World Juniors. Uh, we, of course, Canadians, they do a great job hosting it, but I just feel like the well is running a little dry sometimes, and I'd like to see different places. So Chris has two places that you would never think of in your mind as ideal places to go, and he has very good reasons as to why. And then he talks about our, the Jets' four prospects at the tournament and what to expect, right? And Brad Lambert's in his third World Junior. Um, what is to come out of this one? And didn't have a great second tournament, but he's a little bit older, a little bit wiser, has played the American Hockey League. Um, and then he talks about the favorites. And also, for the right reasons, Russia is not the World Juniors. What does that mean from the overall com- competition standpoint? So there's three things that are, they, they're right there that stand out in this conversation with Chris Peters
1: shop where the players shop jets gear and truenorthshop.com are your authentic team stores make sure to stock up on all your favorite winnipeg jets and manitoba moose merchandise today visit one of the five jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com hi this is josh morrissey and you're listening to ground control the official podcast of the winnipeg jets
0: chris uh i believe i think i can throw this out there safely this tournament on the East Coast will be a much better tournament than it was in the summer. Is that safe to say?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I would think that's very safe to say. The one in the summer was a was a was a bit of a slog, actually. You know, just kind of mm. getting through it. There wasn't a lot of fans in the building. It wasn't the, the best hockey. Um, we had a great gold medal game, no question about it. The the mm. incredible finish that you know with Canada winning in overtime um, in just a, a just a remarkable game between Canada and Finland. That was really you know the lasting memory of the tournament. That was otherwise not great you know <laughs> there's really no other way around and it just it felt weird the whole time and to have it back at you know with at christmas time and to have it here and you know to have it in halifax and Moncton, two junior buildings again um you know i think that the tournament's getting back to its roots a little bit more um in that way and so uh should be more intimate settings big crowds um and then also really good hockey because you know they're, they're gonna be some outstanding players at this event uh, I'm I'm not gonna so much story under the bus here, but do can you think of like other places in the United States would be a great
0: home for the world juniors outside of where it's been already?
2: Yeah, you know, I would love to see them go non-traditional. Um uh-huh. you know, I, I think that Tampa would be an amazing site. They uh... have done uh they've done a phenomenal job uh with the frozen four. It's going back there this year. Mm-hmm. Um it's always rave reviews for the events that they put on there. And then you could have the secondary site either be, you know, Fort Myers or you could even have it um in Sunrise if you wanted to have another NHL building. Um, but you know, like Fort Myers has an ECHL building, Orlando has an uh an uh, an NBA building, essentially. That probably wouldn't be an option, but um, you know, that there there are there are places to have it um there and they would do a great job. There's also you know, I think there's going to be a push to have Vegas, uh, Vegas and Henderson co-host uh, uh, the the tournament with you know the new arena that the Henderson Silver Knights play in being the secondary site, and then you know T-Mobile being the the, the main site. So I think that's a, a strong possibility as well. Um, I would love to see a warm weather World Juniors. I think mean, that'd be kind of fun, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I know that they're always concerned about ticket sales. Try to have it closer to Canada. Um, that's why they went back to Buffalo a couple of years ago, but, mm. um, as we've seen, if you keep going to the same well over and over again, it doesn't always have the same appeal. So I think trying to think outside the box and doing something different, that's what that would be my preference. And I also think, you know, other places like Detroit and, and Seattle that are closer to Canada would also be, you know, firmly in the mix as well.
0: I'm uh, not going to go, we've never gone political before you and me. That's just, the, <laughs> that's the way that we've yeah. gone here with this. And especially when you join us on the podcast, um, not having russia at the tournament politicals thing aside does it hurt it
2: yes it do- it does i mean the competitive balance is different um they're they they're not there for the right reasons obviously it, yeah. it has it has so much more to do with um you know so much bigger than hockey but i think not having you know we 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 often talk about the big 5 with you know us canada russia uh, sweden and finland and you expect one of those, you know, five teams to to be the champion, and then you know four of those five teams typically to be in the semifinals. With every once in a while, you get a Czech or a Slovak upset somewhere. Um, so when you don't have that that extra team, I mean, it definitely takes a, a pretty significant chunk out of the tournament in terms of you know competitive balance. Um, you know, you'd normally you'd have two strong groups with you know, maybe two weaker teams tops, and now it's kind of like you might have like, you know, the U S is in a, is in a bracket with, with Latvia and Switzerland. So like, it's, it's uh, you know, that makes it a little bit more challenging for the competitive balance of things. But, you know, I think the other thing too is it's just disappointing not to see those players, not to have a Matthew Mitchkov in this tournament. Um, you know, I, if Ivan Marashashenko was healthy enough, like all those, they're the, that that's where it kind of gets uh, a little bit more disappointing, but at the same time, we all know why they're not there. And, um, it'll continue to be that way until hopefully things change in, in Ukraine.
0: Um, let's talk about some Jets prospects. Um, uh, my, by my count, there's four. Um, so Rutger McGroity, a first round pick of the Winnipeg Jets this past June. How's he faring this season? And then how do you, where, what, what's his role with the Americans coming up on the East coast?
2: Yeah, he, he's really thriving at Michigan. He's part of their, uh, their second line typically. Um, and, uh, he plays a ton. Uh, that, that second line gets a ton of run. Um, he plays uh, with uh, a lot with TJ Hughes and Gavin Brindley. Um, uh, he's also played a lot with Dylan Duke too. So you know, I'm trying to think of, yeah, but he, that, and that group, that group works really well together. Um, you know, I think McGroardy, um is, you know, he's a shooter. He's a scorer. He's going to be that for team USA. I think he's probably going to be, he, he might, if he's not in their top six, he's in their top nine. And um will be a, a pretty key piece to, to them you know, having some scoring ability up front, Um, you know, he's just, he's, he's the knock on him has always been a skating. It's still improving. I think that that's been good, but like, he's a shooter, he's a scorer. And then he also has some real toughness to him um, and some grit. So I think that that's all of those things, that versatility that he brings is going to be really important for team USA.
0: Well, Chaz Lucas has been with the Manitoba Moose, the American hockey league, uh, which as we know, kind of helps any player. Um, And they're, and their bid to become the national and go to the national hockey league. He's banged up right now. What's the latest with him and how does he fit in? Should he be healthy enough to go in the tournament?
2: Yeah, I think they're feeling pretty positive that he'll be ready in time for the tournament. Um, It's just, he's been ramped up. He's been, I think he's basically been in camp with a non, a non-contact Jersey. Um, I know when he left Manitoba, it was kind of a week to week situation in terms of his injury status. Um, and unfortunately for, for, for Chaz, that's been the story of his his young career so far is that he's been injured a lot. And um, that the interesting thing is, is that uh, my, my, my good pal Corey Proman reported that uh, um, there will be a chance to, uh, for if there are injuries to replace injured players, which takes a little bit of the pressure off. So I think that that means that you know, the U S doesn't have to worry about whether or not he's going to be able to play. They can bring him on the team. If he's not able to play, then they, You know, they just have they they would replace him. But if he does play, I think he's going to be basically their number two center behind Logan Cooley. He's going to play a pretty significant role on the team. He'll be looked to as a goal scorer. That's what he's been. Um, He's a very dynamic player, and so they need that dynamic skill element. Um, USA just cut uh, Will Smith Smith, who unfortunately got sick, and he was the kind of guy where I was like, if 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 Lucius can't go, you know, maybe it'll be him um, instead. But I think that they're feeling. Fairly confident that that Chaz will be ready to go in time for the tournament. They want him to be a part of the team, um, and he could be a you know pretty significant piece of this team. He's a, he's a really good young player. Um, you know he's had the injury issues, but you know on top of that, he's he's just a really dynamic player. Sweden has
0: Fabian Wagner on their roster. I know he was one of the not so much surprise picks, but one of those ones that you kind of like that the Jets pulled off this past, and they had a great draft. What's, how's he going this year and what's he looking like for team Sweden
2: yeah you know I haven't watched him a ton this year yeah. um you know just but like you know I think that the Swedish team in general is is pretty uh pretty solid I mean you know for for a 2004 born player um to to make it to this stage um on their roster is, is pretty impressive you know he hasn't he hasn't had any points like you, you look at when you look at a player that's in the SHL at by 18. Yeah. You know, like that—that that says a lot. You know, he's obviously been very good at the junior level. He hasn't scored as much at the at the senior level, but you know, the fact that he's been there, that he's you know been part of their team, you know, I don't think he's played a whole lot, um, you know. But at the same time, he's he's getting those opportunities. So, you know, and I think that that's when when Sweden team Sweden looks in and says, "Hey, this is a guy that can potentially be part of our our group. He's played against men. He's got you know he's got versatility." Um, you know, he's part of the, the gold medal team last year at the world under 18 championship. So that, you know, it gives him a bit of a leg up as well. Um, but yeah, he'll probably play down their lineup. You know, I don't think he's going to have like a huge opportunity to, to be a big producer for them, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of where they're at. They've got a really good forward group. They're very deep at that position. Um, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to, to kind of watch, uh, watch, watch where he ends up. Uh, always a polarizing conversation
0: when it comes to Brad Lambert um, Jets fans loved him in the preseason uh, we're pushing for him to make the roster but Jets are so deep up front that was tough to say so he along with Chas Lucius have, have had some time with the Manitoba in the American Hockey League he'll be with Finland a lot of controversy surrounding him at the last world juniors in the summertime didn't get didn't play down the stretch I was reminded by the, the Jets that it's a 19 year old tournament Brad Lambert was 18 at the time how is he going to fit in here for a, a very dynamic player, obviously, and this is a, a place for him to shine.
2: Yeah, you know, I think Finland really needs him to be a big time player for them. Um, it's mm-hmm. not really a matter of if 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 he can or not; it's he has to. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's he's <laughs> got to be he's got to be uh, a key guy for them. They've got a good forward group. They they have a lot of skill and, and some dynamic elements up front. Guys like Joakim Kamal as well, uh, being part of that team. Um, but for Brad Lambert, I mean, speed is the name of the game for him. He needs to be able to get behind defenses. He needs to get inside. Needs to, you know, score from the interior a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I think he'll play a pretty significant role um, for for this team. Uh, you know, this will be his third World Juniors too. And he actually, I thought he, I thought he was better in his underage season last year. Wasn't able to make as much of an impact. Ends up kind of down the lineup and then not in the lineup at times. And um, I think they the motivation from Lambert is, is pretty high considering that he wasn't part of the group uh, in the gold medal game. Um, You know, so, you you know, you you don't have a chance to make an impact on that game that was so close. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's now your chance to, to basically, you know, lead this team uh, and be a guy that that they can rely on. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity for him at this stage in his development. I think, you know, we've seen flashes of of what he can be at the ahl level it's a very difficult league for a teenager to play in um so now to get a chance to get back with his age group and and take the the tools that he's learned from the ahl uh can only help him so i i think this is a really good spot for him to be and i think it's a good thing for the jets to to have him with this group even though this is his third world junior championship the last one didn't go so well let's see what a little bit of motivation does for him
0: all right um the Big four obviously play a large role in every World Juniors. Is there any team, any country right now that's kind of on the outside looking in, where you think they can make an impact and do surprise
2: some of the big four? I, I think that Czech Czechia could be dangerous. Um, mm. It kind of depends on how their goaltending holds up. I like their decor led by David Juracek. I think they've got some real talent on the back end there. Um, they've got good forwards up front. Yuri Kulich is having a really good year in the AHL um, uh, with Rochester, and so. You know they've got some some higher end players that can make an impact in this tournament. Um, that you know, sometimes a lot of the tournament can be dictated by top players. Like they can make like you know, Jan Mishak had a really good tournament last year for for Czechia, mm-hmm. and, it, and he helped propel them. You know, to to higher to a higher standard. I think this Czechia team can do the same um, this year. I think they might even be you know a little bit deeper, um, especially on the back end. It's just going to come down to will their goaltending hold up strong enough to give them a chance. Um, but I, you know, and I think like Sweden is, you know, their, their decor is a little shallow this year. They didn't get Simon Edmondson. Um, so that's, that's going to be a challenge for them. Finland is, is, you know, they've, they've, they've got some talent, but there's definitely some other things there that, uh, you know, you just kind of wonder, um, you wonder about, you know, will they, will they have enough, uh, to, to hang with the big boys? Will they get the goaltending? Real interesting thing about this tournament is that I don't think there's a single team out there, you know, Canada, US included, that has a goalie that you can say that guy's definitely the number one goalie that okay. guy's, you know, this, this is the guy that can rot, we can ride the whole way. Um, and, and so with that, you just wonder, like, it feels like if, if there's not like that elite goaltending element in the tournament. How does that shift the competitive balance? And mm. so that's the other thing is sometimes it just it, it's a guy like Devin Levi a couple of years ago for Canada coming out of nowhere to to have a nine sixty save percentage and you know basically got out duelled by by Spencer Knight in the final game. But it, aside from that, was the highest save percentage ever by a Canadian coley at that tournament. So you never really know. Some guys rise to the occasion, um, others don't, and you know it just it's, that's the the beauty of the World Juniors. Uh, My favorite part of every conversation, what are you doing right now and how are things
0: going? And tell everybody where they can find you.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Jamie. It's always great to be with you. Um, I'm at uh, Flow Hockey right now. Uh, Flowhockey.tv is where you can find all my World Junior coverage. Um, Also, my podcast is over there, Talking Hockey Sense, which you can get wherever you get podcasts. A lot of World Junior talk from here through the end of the tournament and beyond. Um, so really looking forward to uh, to that. But yeah, flow hockey and then uh, at Chris M Peters on Twitter as well as uh, i'll be I'll be on this on the scene in uh, in Moncton and Halifax, and uh, really excited to get out there and get this tournament rolling. yeah I can't wait to
0: say welcome back to Canada, Chris. Uh, thanks so much for <laughs> doing this. <laughs> My pleasure, Jamie. thanks for having me, bud. Hey Jets fans, I'm Sarah Orleski. Don't forget to join me after each and every home game for the Winnipeg Jets post game show live presented by Budweiser, where you'll get exclusive interviews, in room access, and more. Catch us on all Winnipeg Jets platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and WinnipegJets.com.
1: A big thank you to Chris Peters for taking the time out to talk some Jets prospects and world juniors. Once again, he's a uh, content creator at flow hockey. If you want to uh, follow him uh, and all of his, uh, his work, it's always stellar. Uh, Obviously the Winnipeg Jets schedule coming out of that holiday break uh, is two home games uh, that you're going to want to be there for December 27th and 29th at Canada life center. Um, they're going to be a rested group at that point. It's hard to tell if they'll get any sort of bodies back. That seems still a little bit early given what Rick Bonus has said. But um, certainly those games after the holiday break, are. Always, I always find, Jamie, I don't know if you agree with me. It's always better to be the home team in that regard especially for the one on the 27th because you can't you're not really allowed to travel on the 26th so Mm -hmm. the Jets have been the road team a few times on that 27th you gotta it's an early early morning you get to the rink you do the morning skate it just it's a whirlwind of a day so a little bit of an advantage I would say being the home team in that regard
0: yeah especially and with Minnesota like there's there's that last game with the wild that the Jets played in St. Paul right before Thanksgiving or around Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving American Thanksgiving and you know, there's that's that has to be in the back of the Jets' mind. That was as poor a game that they, they played in a long time on the road. And look what look what's happened since, right? They've won five of seven on the road um, and deserve a much better fate in Boston. Um, I can't say so much. They're out of gas in Seattle. But from that game, the Jets, is, they have improved away from home. So the fact that they get another shot at Minnesota right after the holidays will be uh, very interesting, to say the least. But it's I think it's a great that part of the schedule is good because they're at home for a little stretch. I know they go to Edmonton for a one-off, but at least it's a quick trip. Um, So the schedule favoring the jets in the late December, early January part, then it gets crazy again about the middle part again.
1: One other thing to circle on your calendar as we close out this episode of ground control um, is it's the uh, hockey can't stop tour. It's basically four Canada West teams. So we're talking university hockey now uh, are going to welcome the Ukrainian national team. Uh, in late December and early January to give them the opportunity to play and prepare for the upcoming winter university games while raising money for refugees and Ukrainian communities torn apart by the war. So the universities of Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Calgary are going to each play a game with all the profits from ticket sales going towards humanitarian and hockey causes in Ukraine. Uh, So the game in Winnipeg will be at Canada Life Centre January 9th, 2023, at 7pm. So make sure you get your tickets for that. Uh, There's information on winnipegjets.com. I believe Ticketmaster is also the place to go uh, to get those. Uh, The Jets account has put out a bunch of links to get tickets and information, as has the uh, Manitoba Bison's social media accounts as well. So you can go check all of those out and support a sensational cause all at the same time. So something to circle on the calendar. That's once again, January 9th, 2023 at 7 p.m. at Canada Life Center. It's the Manitoba Bisons against the Ukrainian national team. So make sure you get out for that one. Jamie, thank you for doing this on a game day. I know it's a busy day for both uh, yourself and Paul Edmonds. So thank you for your time and uh, happy holidays.
0: Uh, Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Mitch. Enjoy your time with your family and we'll see you on the
1: 27th. Sounds good. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. For more Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.